maybe if I could just extend my lunch to a two-hour lunch every day. <laughs> As if you don't today. <laughs> what? That's not why. What? Nah. I, what? I, I, I would what? Totally, Editor's note. I cut would that totally part do out. Cut the... that part out. Cut that part out. It is at 53 <laughs> minutes. You're listening to PHP Ugly episode 66, recorded Thursday, June 22nd, 2017. On this episode, we discuss vacationing as developers, Laravel Shift, fake news, and so much more. Let's get started. The Will Rogers Highway was established in 1926. It was known as the Main Street of America. It was one of the most it was one of the original highways within the U.S. highway system. It started in Chicago, Illinois, traveled through Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, before finally ending in beautiful Santa Monica, California. It covered over 2,000 miles of U.S. soil. And this particular U.S. route became very popular in culture as people learned that they could get their kicks on Route 66. Oh this goodness. is episode 66 of PHP Ugly. I'm Eric Van Johnson. Here was my good friends. are getting longer and longer. That was a long one. You got to figure out, like, okay, where's this going? Where's it going? I, I was telling Beck, she's like, why do you do this? I'm like, I don't know. It's fun. And I like to throw in as many numbers as I can before I get to the actual number because, you know, the guys are just waiting for it to be over. So they're just waiting to hear that number so it can be done. And I just ne- like to drag it on a little bit. Next week is going to be an hour intro and then we're done. Yeah. I was disappointed. I was disappointed last week. You know how hard I worked to get a Adam West in... Uh, 65 reference that's why i did the whole three stooges last feature film thing so i could speak about adam west of course the batman television series started in 1966 so that would have been perfect had uh. he lived another week he just, he's so selfish bastard he could have just lived one more week and i, I would have had that material i needed you would and you would have been so much happier <laughs> Not not that he died, but I don't know if he'd be happier. Was... Mm. What are you talking about? John Condon. Uh, some very old coffee, actually. Ugh. Where's the whiskey? Oh man, I I killed the scotch earlier today. I'm afraid to drink more. I should have gotten more though. I should. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Good, uh. but I have a question for you. Why Larachat Live is live? PHP Ugly is also done live. People can listen to us live. Why are we not PHP Ugly live? We, we don't we're, encourage we're people that. to listen to us live. Yeah, I think we're I think we're <laughs> going to save uh, the live for when we're on a stage doing it. No, no, and, we're just basically not encouraging the live. We want the opportunity <laughs> to cut out the bad parts. We we don't really want people to listen to us live, John. Come on now. Well, that's, that's, that's true. true. There are some hard <laughs> edits. The, the one thing I do have a have a complaint on is the larachat.com or that co right larachat.co domain yeah mm-hmm. it's hard to find if you're gonna count it as a live podcast it's hard to find the live link you, it's not you're on supposed the to page. subscribe subscribe to the youtube channel youtube.com slash larachat no i there have to be a, give you there props should a, John. there should be a simple button right here like listen live we're live listen 
I have to give you props. You tweeted out that uh, of our show today. I, you've I never promoted anything I've done like that before. Like that's because I'm not you. normally. A, well, you do it at the time I'm with my kids. It, it's not conducive <laughs> to me listening live. I know it, you don't. You don't. When, you don't know how badly. So the topic of today's Lair Chat Live was uh, mental health. Well, not the topic, but one of the, one of the driving topics. Yeah, was mental health. Health. OSMI. We had Joe Ferguson on, and uh, we talked a lot about mental health. And I was I was so trying to get in to uh, the practices you have, John. Where I mean, you're you're pretty pretty uh vigilant on i mean more so than a lot of other people i I understand you can't always accommodate the the family but you're pretty vigilant on like putting family first five o'clock i'm done working i have you know x amount of time with the family before i come back to the computer and Mm -hmm. do stuff and you know you've you've kind of defined these uh these routines i was i was and not only do you do it for yourself but you do it for me. I mean, there there have been many a times you said, "Hey, you know, you need to take some time. Why don't you and the family go have some dinner and and just don't worry about this right now. We'll we'll address it in the morning. Aww. It's not that big of a deal." And he, and, I mean, seriously, he's for for a flight to New York. Um, I told him my schedule for New York. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll be getting in Monday. Conference is Tuesday. Uh, conference Tuesday, Wednesday, and we fly out Thursday." He's like. What were you thinking? You see, take <laughs> take your wife, go out there before the weekend and spend the weekend in New York with your wife. Why? Because Re- Rebecca's coming with me. He's like, why wouldn't you have done that? Just do that. I'm like, because I have things to do. He's like, no, take the weekend and spend it with your wife. So I really kind of wanted to get to that in the show, but there was just so much to talk about, so much to cover. I just the funny, never got to that. The funny thing is the, the like 20 seconds I actually listened to was that part where they're talking about being with uh, how, the work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that would have been perfect. Yeah. It yeah. is. I, I feel I work a ton. I put in a ton of hours, but it's how how and when I do it. And very regimented about, like you said, I, this is my time for spending with the, the wife and kids. And Yeah. You're, you're a light type A personality. What's it's, that? Well, you know, the type A is the sort of anal retentive, uh, lots of structure and ambition. I don't, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think John is type A at all. I think he's like I, I th- I type think, A. He I does. He does a lot of structure. Structure is important for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and he started his own business, which is classic type A. But well, he isn't. He isn't an asshole either, which is very classic type a <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> you haven't been around him lately i mean you've been you've moved out of the state so you've you might have no, no. he's no he, he he's no him. frank wallen but uh he is uh, a genuinely nice person <laughs> nice reference there one of one of our <laughs> one of our meetup uh and co-workers uh is frank and and he is he is nice past what you could possibly call a fault he is just outright the nicest person and <laughs> yeah frank's pretty yeah pretty I tried, accommodating i tested yeah. him once i said something really mean to him and he just said well that's unfortunate you feel that way because i consider you a good friend of mine <laughs> i go damn it frank 
Yeah, yeah. So I and you know I I do kind of I guess I owe an apology to you, Thomas. I should have uh, reached out to you to see if you could make time for the show today. I know you like to pop on every now and then, and yeah, I just got so busy with work. I didn't even think about reaching out to you. Um, uh, I thought you did apologize. previously, prior to this. Well, I have I, done I, lair I reached, chat before. Yeah, and I, I reached out to Joe. So Joe, for well, I don't know if it's Joe or who's doing it, but OSMI has a podcast. And I, I did reach out to Joe and let him know, hey, I think Thomas would be a good guest on the OSMI podcast because he's very open and frank about, you know, his, the challenges he faces and, and being a developer and all that. So I did reach out in that direction, but I could have uh, had him come on the show with Lair Chat. But it was a tough show. I mean, it was a tough show to be on. I, I, was, I was telling the guys, it's like, there was little, like, uh, dead air, like, where and I think I did the least amount of talking I, I've done on one of the shows so far. There was so much material, especially for Joe to cover, so much material for him to go over and discuss, and it's just an hour just isn't enough time. I don't. I, it, it it was tough. Now we got to figure out how to how to get you not to talk on this show. <laughs> Zinger! Oh wait, I, I, you I got sound, sound effects for that one. Oh, I had a sound effects for my Route 66. I had horns. Oh, no. You ruined it all. Uh, I totally ruined that one. I I uploaded it special. I'll never use that sound effect ever again. And I had the the Route 66. My wife hey, had... Eric, my Eric, Eric, what episode is this? 66. <laughs> my my wife had to remind me it's, it's Route 66, not Route 66. I kept right. calling it route because you know I'm into I'm into computers and it's a route. Everything's a route. She's no, it's route. You get your kicks on Route 66. I got okay, a I got yeah, a that, that I got better. a wonderful null route today. Comcast oh, yeah? just yeah Comcast just dropped my connection in the middle of the day. Oh, that's, yeah, that's you, know, that, you don't need that. That nah. shouldn't be too much of a problem. You you can just watch that Netflix while they're fixing it. I'm embarrassed to say that I tried to. <laughs> well he's saying that because you can now download from netflix can't you You're, yeah, why would you do that your internet's always on yeah <laughs> yeah so well, uh when you have kids on an airplane so what, what what prompted your uh your poll john john sent out a poll which by the way uh twitter has an actual polling feature you could, i know you but, but i know but when i post the twitter it also goes to facebook and i just was just getting feedback. Um, what prompted it? I don't remember. Why don't, why don't you say what it was first? So I just put out there, I was asking if, if you shut down your computers. And I never do. Never shut down my laptop. Never shut down my desktop. And occasionally my desktop has issues. You know, I've, I've got probably hundreds of tabs open at any single time. I leave Slack and everything else running. And it lends itself to confusion for people that aren't computer people because it always shows them online. So it's yeah. more, like, it more like, should I shut down one to avoid the memory issues, uh, start fresh every day? Uh, that was another reason. I was waiting for people to say, yes, I do, because I want to come in and start fresh or have something, you know, a clean slate every single day. So I was just curious what people were doing and kind of hit me, threw it out there. And it really does seem like if you're a developer you leave your machine on all the time. If you're an occasional user, uh, you shut down. Yeah. For the most part. Well, 
And what, what was funny, uh, my parents, my father, before he started having his health issues, he would shut down the computer every time he walked out of the office. So he would come back and get on his computer like three or four times throughout the day, but he would have to reboot it every. I'm like, Dad, just keep the computer on. He's like, Oh no, no, you know your your power and hackers and you know sun rays and that man shut down his computer every time he walked out of his office. Wow, that's dedication there. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely I've been uh, leave my system running guy for a long time, so. It's in this laziness, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think I think when I discovered MP3s in the mid '90s was when I stopped shutting down my machine altogether. Because you're and downloading constantly. I was constantly downloading, and I, I was playing music when I was laying down in my room, or I was doing anything. I'd go to sleep to a, a movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was just there was never a point where my computer wasn't in use, and I was doing folding at home and stuff like that. Well, See, the, the, the were... test that actually let's just interrupt real quick the test that mm-hmm. actually had me questioning it was i was supposed to record the intro for the last episode and i went to record mm-hmm. it and every time i did i feel like i had a perfect take and i listened to it and there was a stutter in it and it was driving me absolutely nuts and then the following day i'm on like uh various conference calls and i think eric you told me i sounded like a robot and mm-hmm. other people were telling me I sound like Max Hedrum. I was like, I got to reboot. <laughs> it was driving me crazy. Yeah. So, uh, John, I don't know if you've ever been to... I know you've you've lived here in San Diego for about five, six years now. Five years, yep. Five years. It's coming up on five um, years in eight days. Have you ever been to Kobe's swap meet down at Sports Arena? No. Oh, I have. Thomas? I was oh, like, absolutely. Thomas, you, you you were born and raised here, so I, you more than likely have been there a couple times. So, so Kobe's swap meet uh, in San Diego is huge. Uh, well, depending on time time of year and all this, but it has a tendency to get really large. Um, when I lived in Ocean Beach, which was very close to the sports arena where Kobe's is. Uh, Beck and I, I mean, that would be part of our weekend before we had kids. We'd go to Kobe's, we'd go get some fresh fruit or whatever, and, you know, it'd just be one of the things we did. Now, it's a swap meet, so there's a lot, a lot of junk. Um, But, you know, Beck and I were feeling nostalgic the other day, and we're like, hey, let's let's head over to Kobe's. We haven't been to Kobe's in years, and we go. And, of course, again, it's a swap meet, so there's a lot of junk. Spinners everywhere. Every freaking aisle had spinners. Um, but you know what else they had a lot of? There had been a dozen, maybe more, of these hack-ass people selling streaming boxes. Like some oh, yeah. sort of variation of an internet streaming machine. Hey, you don't need an antenna, you don't need cable, just buy this you know, Joe Blow streaming box and you can have all the movies you want. And I'm like looking at this stuff, I'm like... Holy, what is this? Like, how has this gotten so prolific? Or, I mean, how are all these little hack little streaming boxes making money? And how are they even doing it legally? It's just... Well, they're not. There was was so many. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe how many there were, though. Yeah, that started with... They have nice little setups. That started when China started producing these, these small boxes that were capable of 1080p streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it, it all came out of a project called XBMC, the Xbox Media Center. I remember, yep. I'm and that, that turned that. into Kodi, K-O-D-I. Mm-hmm. And people just started installing and bundling all of these streaming site plugins. That's that were interesting. So, you, so you, th- you think these are probably Kodi boxes, huh? I, I know they are. Because they actually, Kodi is getting in a lot of trouble for what people are what plugins people are including when they start selling these boxes. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've been using Kodi since it was XBMC for the original Xbox gigantic machine. I had a modified mm-hmm. Xbox that was running Kodi. Um, so it's been well over a decade for me that I've been using the code. And it's because it's great. It, it, it's fantastic software. Um, but they are getting in trouble because of these flea market resellers that are not... Honest. So what are you, what are you doing with it? What are you using it for? Pirating TV shows and movies. Oh. So that was the weird thing about it, right? It's like I'm listening to the sales pitch from one guy. I, I'm kind of like I'm not there. I'm kind of eavesdropping on the sales pitch. He's like selling it hard to this lady, and you can tell she had no idea what she was looking at. And you know, he was doing the whole pitch. Oh, the whole pitch of you don't need uh, antenna, you don't need cable, you don't need anything. He's like, quite frankly, you don't even actually need internet. You know, if you, this box has the ability where you can just plug in a USB port and it'll upload the movies itself. Yeah. You just go get the movies on on a USB drive. I'm like, fuck are you talking about? That's not even something you can, like. That's 100% you know, something it, you can do. We can do. Excuse me. We can do. No, but no. Even you're selling it. High schoolers can do. Elementary students can do i mean a thumb drive for five bucks that can store the latest movie that came out kong skull island was just released on pirated blu-ray 4k this this afternoon that i I guess i guess i guess what i'm what what i'm trying to get to is the the person she was he, he was talking to definitely seemed like she had the expectation of oh okay i can go to walmart and buy a usb drive that has skull island on it Sure. You know, I don't. Th- I don't can't, think she was in the that. mindset of, I have to do this pirating. I'm going down this pirating path. But then he was saying, you know, you go to our marketplace and you can download uh, apps for Netflix. And I'm like, really? I mean, what do you? You know, it's not part of the the package. It was dicey. I, I didn't even it think is. that it was a Cody box. No, it's it's definitely a Cody box. I should have seen how much they were selling them for. They're usually around didn't thirty-five bother to bucks. Ask. Oh, that's that cheap! Wow. Yeah, thirty-five. Mm. It's funny too because the the Roku Express, I, I, the thing I got for my father when I was out in Arizona, those are like thirty-five bucks, and that's all legal. I mean, of course, and you know, this is where you start to lose people like my mother. It's you know, I tell him like, yeah, the Roku's 30, 35 bucks. She goes, well, I'm going to go buy a couple because I have a few TVs. I'm like, okay, but. You still have to have subscriptions for all the services you use on Roku. So, like, Netflix doesn't come free with Roku, and, you know, uh, Hulu doesn't come free. You have to have subscriptions. Well, how much are those? And then, then you start doing the math, and say, like, well, yeah. d- it doesn't seem worth it. And it's like, oh, it, well, that's the price of, of, of being legal. Well, yeah. Hulu, yeah. Hulu sucks. Netflix is okay. I, I'm about 
I, I've been saying for a while. I, I, I right know. now I'm holding on to I'm holding on to Hulu because the wife has got some series that she's watching on it. So, but I'm I'm done with Hulu. They dropped Comedy Central. They they've dropped a few sh- shows now. I, I turn it on. There's nothing. I can't even figure out what shows I want to watch because their stupid ass watch list thing is constantly shuffling things around. I'm done with them. I'm I'm finished with Hulu. Idiots. But well, I, I, I constantly think... put it on, on hold. So I'll pause it for a few months, reactivate it, watch a series, put it back on hold. Oh, oh that's a good idea. I think there's a I think there's an, an unwritten rule in the piracy community which is don't try to convert normies. Mm. If, if you run into it, if you run into a normal person, don't try to convert them. Don't try to get them pirating content that they don't care about or that they're willing to pay for. Cause if you're willing to pay for something, pay for it. But mm-hmm. if you're not, you know, if you're in the piracy community, then, you know, all bets are off. But if you're not, then stay out and don't try to bring anybody in. I think I'll stay mm-hmm. out. Never been into that. I it's yeah. It's easier than the watching TV community. <laughs> no, I mean like the that's the thing about piracy is that as long as piracy is easier than paying for something, then piracy will always win. So all right, we're talking about piracy. This this leads me into another issue. This is why this is why this whole piracy thing is absolutely ridiculous. I posted today on Twitter, so I've got I went Right here. Look at that. This little device right here. I love this thing. I'm addicted to this. I'm not I'm not a video blogger, but I may have camera. to become one. The Samsung 360 camera. This thing is genius. I I got got one of these. I've been um yeah, you know, I've been doing some live streaming and and picture taking on that. And that that was fine. And the place we go co-work at <clears throat> uh is this crepe shop. Um in in the the town that I live in and I've been, we've, we're, we've become pretty good friends with the owner. Um, and we've been sharing, you know, talking to him. And one of the things you said is, Hey, you should have like a streaming camera in here. So people can, you know, come to your, your store, you know, over the internet. And, uh, we, we talked about it. He thought it was a good idea. And, you know, and I, when I got this, I, I brought it in today because today was our co-working day. I'm like, Hey, LG, check out this camera. You can live stream. The people watching it have a complete 360 visual of your store. I put it right over his little crepe grill, kicked it on, started live streaming for about 15, 20 minutes, and you know, tur- turned it off. You know, showed him, it, showed him all the features and everything. He's like, "This is dynamite! I, I absolutely love this." And it's funny. I said, "You know, the only thing you might want to think about doing is muting the mic because the mic is super sensitive, and you don't want it picking up." like customers conversations or even your conversations uh that you you know you just don't want to share so i would probably mute the mic but you know keep the video going he's like oh yeah i can i can see that 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 makes sense and not it, it couldn't have been 15 20 minutes later because i was still at the shop 15 20 minutes later i get this notification from from uh youtube saying oh hey we're taking down your uh your video, which mind you, the video never had, was never, uh, it had the, the, what's it not private. It wasn't uh, a public as a broadcast. link only. So it, right. Link only. So you had to have the link to get to it. It wasn't publicly accessible. Um, so it was the link only 
YouTube sends me an email saying, hey, we're taking down this video to due to copyright infringement. And it, it referenced the, <laughs> uh, the Jimi Hendrix song that was playing in the background of the crepe shop at the time. Yeah. I'm like, are you flipping kidding me right now? No, they're serious and about that so, shit. But the but did you have the I know you were only sharing my link, but was it a monetized video? No, it, it was on my personal It does not matter. Yeah. They don't they they have an automatic it, content cop on everything that gets uploaded. Hmm. And you know what yeah. people are and doing that, to circumvent it? Hmm. They're they're slowing the track down to like half speed. And then they're telling users in the comments to double the speed using YouTube's player. <laughs> well, and it was weird because when I when I went back, I can, I can actually still view it. So when right. I went back to listen, like the music doesn't even come on for like uh, a good three four minutes into the video. I mean, it's just there's doesn't nothing. Matter. It's just all this. You didn't pay for it. It's that's just that's insane. Absolutely insane. That's one of the it's one of the reasons people really hate on YouTube right now is that they've, in order to monetize the platform, they had to give in to everybody's demands, and the music industry mm-hmm. just steamrolled them. Well, and it's funny because this crepe shop has an open mic night, and they got busted by some copyright police there and had to buy this pay for this license this yearly license that give them the okay for for complete amateurs nobody gets paid amateurs to come into their shop and do an open mic where they may potentially (laughs) play copyrighted music i thought it was legal to do covers but yeah but it's also legal to to change it no, it's also legal to threaten anyone for anything and ask them for money for it. And I was thinking, I'm, I'm still not sure who he's paying. Like, I'm like, who do you think you're paying for that? Uh, I, he probably know. doesn't know, and it's probably not a real company. No, he, yeah. I, well, that's the, he keeps the paperwork with him. I, I should ask if you'd mind me looking at it and, and doing some research, because I'd be curious to know who they are and, and how they even, I mean, this, this is not a chain restaurant. This is not a big strip mall. This is literally this one guy with a crepe shop in this corner little, uh, store. They're, how did they even find them? I, I, it's just amazing. I mean, they, ugh, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. It, it's disappointing. All right. Man, rambling, rambling. Where are we at here? 28 minutes. All right. So I do I do have a development topic I want to talk to you guys about. I keep I kept forgetting to bring this up. But one of the like uh when we went to PHP Tech uh, a few weeks back now, um there was like a very common kind of theme I kept hearing. Well, there was a couple. A lot of people talking about uh GraphQL, which it's definitely something I'm kind of getting interested in and want to look into. But one of the things that I kept hearing a lot of people mention, it was uh, deployments. And the philosophy of doing lots of deployments. Every day, we deploy four or five times a day. Every day, we are always doing deployments. It's like, I I, I struggle with that, with that philosophy. It's like, first thing, why are you deploying so much? Like, what do you think you're gaining by deploying so much? And... B, how you know what what sort of work are you doing 
that that are requiring deployments every day. Yeah, be agile. Like John, do you remember these? You remember these uh, conversations? Yeah, uh, face was a Facebook. They do like forty deployments a day. Um, yeah. Well, Facebook, I can I mean, even the smaller understand. companies. Facebook yeah, is the whole the, point is getting the code. Good. Facebook is the king of A/B testing. So yeah, they they have it, departments that are developing their own idea and they're given a number of users and they deploy that idea out and X number of users gets it. And then they see the results back from it that day, you know, that with, with, with that much flow on their market. Yeah. With that much traffic, they only have to have a new feature up for 10 minutes to have a solid list of reactions to it. It, it, You know, and we know that they do, we know that they do a ton of backend data manipulation and advertising manipulation, A/B testing. So that doesn't surprise me at all yeah. with that with that size. So, yeah, and the whole point is getting the code in there to make sure it doesn't break anything as well, right? So I could see every pull request getting, as long as you have the proper processes in place, having it go ahead and deploy to a subset of your servers. Make sure it doesn't break anything. So yeah. just because it's con- just because it's continuous deployment doesn't mean it goes out to all their servers. It's being deployed to maybe the, the, their beta servers that are tested. Hmm. And I'm or, sure it goes. Well, through, I, I, I'm sure it goes through CI as well. So it's got hundreds of yeah. rules that are applied to it and checked before it can it, hit anything. Yeah, as, if the code base is well tested, then I can see doing that and. I think with Facebook, everything's wrapped in a feature. So just because the code is there doesn't mean it's being executed until yeah, I, I think, the feature is turned face, on. I think Facebook is a bad example because I mean, they're, they're a, a humongous uh, company. That's which is absolutely. I mean, they they have a product that's focused on developer or a product built by developers, focused by developers. That's different. But it, even these smaller shops, I I, I was. I was getting the same feedback. Now, maybe you're right. Maybe I made the assumption they they were referring to production. I, I still feel like they were, but perhaps you're right. Maybe they weren't always referring to production or not their full production environment. Because I mean, we do. If you're if you're expanding it to that level, we probably do do daily yeah, deployments do. in our environment. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they 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 don't. For our and this is where I was headed. Now, I'm still. I probably feel like I'm very old school on this. I want a deployment day. I want the client, to, the clients to know oh, this is the day we're deploying. I so, love that. a, don't ask for any any changes to be made the day before because the deployments are already set for for Thursday, and everything's getting deployed on Thursday. So everybody knows to check for, check new features on Thursday. And move on, and I, you know, I, I kind of have that mentality. I get so torn on it. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I know we that we have another client the same way. They they deploy on Wednesdays, right? Unless <laughs> unless the code change is considered high impact, and then they mm-hmm. do Wednesday night late after hours. I know that but, we have a lot of copy that's hard coded into templates, and so since we're a customer facing business with pretty high volume, our copy gets changed daily. Um, and a lot of small companies have a hovering CEO. Do you know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. So so the CEO finds out that uh, a button is two pixels off on a specific page, then all of a sudden the development department is getting tickets from the CEO that say you have to fix this, and you're not going to argue it, mm-hmm. you know. And that's that's where it's nice having a company because I the company I'm at now we have a CTO we have project managers we're medium sized, and things flow a lot nicer in that way. Um, I've worked for small companies where it was two programmers and the owner of the company, and that is a hellscape. I mean, it is changes every day, feature creep defined. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, yeah. I mean, that, that was the one thing, the one topic I kept meaning to bring up. And after every podcast, I'm like, oh man, I forgot to ask the guys their opinion on deployments. And you know, we talk throughout the week and. It, it was one of those topics which I didn't want to share during the week, during one of our normal normal conversations, because I thought it'd be good for the show, and I was right. So, so one of the things uh, that I recently did for a client, they do everything off of domain, right? So, you you go to this domain, you're on their server, and they really wanted to beta test a few features that I've recently written, and they're they're kind of big, so they don't want it to go on the production. They're not sure how it's gonna to react, so. Instead of finding a way around it, they bought the domain beta.com and the same domain preview.com. You're kidding. And those, those domains now go to, you know, server five and server six. They didn't know about and subdomains? That's a whole other issue. It's when I first started. No way. I mean, every, everything was so hard coded to www. <laughs> I mean, so you should see the develop for to make it work in dev, which is all I finally got working on subdomain. I have um, output buffers that when you make the call, it checks to see if you have an environment variable set and it matches where www should be and says, oh, we're in the development oh environment. Oh, my God. I, I overwrite all the all the server variables to be www so everything works and then the output buffer when you're sending the data back changes all the www to your subdomain <laughs> it is an absolute nightmare but it works so wait were they just coding on the live server when they first wrote this oh yeah oh my they, god they were they were so working in production and there's still i mean not active development but there are a lot of like fixes done in production or some people still feel like there's a bunch of scripts that we're just now adding to Git because they only wanted it in production. They were terrified that these scripts would end up in on a development server and be run. Wow. So anyway, so I changed HA proxy to look for a cookie variable. And based on that cookie variable, it would say, if it's one of these two values, it goes to those other servers. Otherwise, it goes to our normal cluster. And you stay on the same domain. Who'd have thought? <laughs> and it all works. You don't have to buy new domains. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't been released yet. So I'm expecting, let's see, it's June, June, eh, December this year, maybe January next year. It'll be released. I'll say, you, you, really, you, you think it's going to be this year? <laughs> Possible. John has a special relationship with this one 
one client. They they love him to get death. They love the work he does. They love the code he does. But they're just they're they're just unwilling to commit to actually releasing his code. <laughs> it, it's oftentimes six months a year. Uh, I forget what the oldest one was, but it was close to two years before it was actually released. It was like and, hey, I mean I these this, these I, are, I opened this PR two years you, ago and it really would help us right now. <laughs> I'm like he's he's talking about open PRs, not that oh he has some code he's ready to implement. No, he's talking open PRs that have sat in these repos for two years. It, it becomes Great. a running joke, and it's it's fun. Who's moving tickets around here? <laughs> I moved one. We haven't gotten any tickets, so I want nothing to worry about. So, Eric, from your uh, from your Larachat Live buddies, um, mm-hmm. I think it was. Uh, Ah, I'm, it's Sean killing me or now. Matt? Uh, neither. Matt? Uh, what's his last name? Matt Lance? No. Friend of the show? The, one the, the last name we can never pronounce. Dinger? <laughs> din, din, uh, killing me now. Australia. My, Michael Drinda? Yeah. Oh, Michael Drinda. Yeah. Yeah. Durinda. So somebody replied to one of his tweets and referenced you, and I can never find out where you were originally referenced. But, anyway, somebody replied, and it made me go through this whole searching of this tweet conversation, and I stumbled upon scrutinizer-ci.com. So it is a... Ah, it's just a you're doing some work a, with that th- today. It, it's another CI tool, and so far I'm liking it. I've, I've opened it up on a couple of uh, repos so far. It's interesting. Uh-huh. I mean, there's there's now a handful of companies like this, but the people replying to that thread, a lot of them were touting this one. So I started checking Scrutiny. it out. Yeah, I noticed you uh, you you did open up a, a PR for one of our clients after running their repo through Scrutinizer, and I, I yeah. kept meaning to take a look at it. So, I mean, is this again uh, just like a, a standalone? Um, tool that you point to a repo how does it work yeah you basically log in with your github credentials you add a repo to it i mean you're up and running within minutes with their very oh, basic it's a it's a SaaS. yeah i mean it's Get super out of quick here. really so if you wanted to run your tests that's pretty too de- yeah depending on your test how you do testing um it will It'll run that. It'll give you code coverage. I haven't gotten any of that set up yet because the repos that I've opened it up for, their tests actually hit the a database, so I'd have to get that all you know configured and, and working. But as far as a, a tool, it's pretty nice until you realize, oh, wait, this repo has 8,400 issues. <laughs> I must be looking at the wrong one. What's, what's the URL for it? scrutinizer-ci.com yeah so one repo that i've i've run it on has 8400 issues 3300 in php and 5000 in javascript <laughs> oh it does javascript uh, that was gonna be my next question what uh what language does it support php python ruby java was planned so it looks like php python and ruby are the main ones and you say it does javascript and javascript as well, as well yeah yeah. Wow. So, so then you're looking at it you're like, Ugh. and it's hard. You start looking at the severity levels and it says, hey, you got nine critical bugs. And it's because var dump was left in some debugging code. Yeah. So, That's good to catch. Critical, for this? 
Yeah. What was that? Are we paying for this? Or, or, or Not yet. It's it's fourteen day free trial. Um, yeah. Everything's in euro, so I don't. I haven't done the conversion yet, but the the minimum price is fifty euro a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems a little expensive. Yeah, but I like, and of course, you know, of course, it's one of those things where like the next tier up, which is professional at ninety nine euros a month, has some real nice additions like security and uh, it does security analysis. Yeah, and weekly turning reports. I could definitely see the benefit of that too. It's nice because it's unlimited unlimited repos and unlimited users. So for for our business, if we did it for all of our clients, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But as soon mm-hmm. as, but but I think as soon as you start breaking it out, so if our clients wanted access to it, you have to create a separate organization because you don't want them accessing other information. So then I think it becomes fifty dollars per organization. Mm-hmm. Seems a seems a little on the pricey side, but. Uh... I, I, I assume I assume there's like a year commitment. I don't know. I think right. it's month to month. <clears throat> What's yeah, up? It's, it's just a Thomas? month to month. I have I Tell have a question for you guys. Me. I want to move. I want to move us along. I have a question that's been bugging me last couple days. So okay, I I hey, uh, Thomas. Before you go down this road, did you get stickers? I did. I got stickers. Oh yeah, and oh, pins, and I got this kick-ass shirt. Look at that shirt. <laughs> yes, I, I got the uh, Mr. Robot F Society shirt. I am very, very happy. I, Somebody likes you. My wife squealed he when says, she saw I, it. He goes, I got this shirt and stands up, realizing that 99% of the people only listen. They don't watch. <laughs> it is a Mr. Robot shirt, and I love it. Cool. So, yeah, thank you very much. And Very yes, well. and I got my PHP Ugly stickers, which my daughter immediately tried to grab a stack of and start sticking everywhere. <laughs> okay, so I'm it's not just my, my kid. Again. Yeah, no, and she's 13. It's not like it's, it's not like she's doing a toddler thing where she just stuck them on the fridge. She she wanted to put them everywhere. It's strange. So. I'm sending my kids off. I'm sending them over to San Diego to see their grandparents and et cetera, et cetera. And I was curious how many vacation hours I had because I want to take some time off while they're gone, spend some time with my wife, go visit Denver, whatever. So I pulled up in my uh, time card or my, my paycheck to see how many hours I had. I have 144 hours of vacation time. <laughs> nice. The next day, there's a story on NPR about how Americans don't use their vacation time. Mm-hmm. And I start thinking, yeah. yeah, you know what? Ever since I've been working in tech, I never use my vacation time. And it's not because... You know what's funny? It's not because you I'm afraid... Funny? Uh, what, what, what's funny? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something with you. Right. I, I'm trying to contribute to your story. Uh, when I worked for a Fortune 100 company... And I, I was in their tech department. It was a badge of pride people walked around with that they've accumulated so much vacation time, they're not allowed to accumulate any more vacation. 
they've they topped off their the uh, amount of vacation they can accumulate, and so now they they're just working and can't ha- can't earn any more vacation. And this was like a badge of pride to them. I'm like, yeah, you guys are idiots. And that's <laughs> exactly. that's there's a lot of there's a lot of that in American culture. And but for me, it isn't that. For me, I love what I do. I don't really. I see a vacation as being a more stressful thing to do than work. Especially planning it. That's my issue. I love going on them, but trying to figure out where to go and what to do. That's been a a topic of contention between me and my wife for years because I'm just not a planner. I don't, there's nothing I really want to go do. But once we're there, it's like, ah, this is fun. Should do this more often. Right. I don't want to do anything (laughs) because A, everything's outside they make you go outside to do stuff now and b i everything costs money so it's Mm -hmm. like yeah if i take vacation if 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 i if if it was my dream environment i would have like vacation where i took two weeks of vacation time for one week of vacation trip and i got a week's worth of money to pay for a week's worth of time off you know Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. If I want to go somewhere and stay in a hotel, that means I got to save up to go relax. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to me because it's going to be stressful to go relax. <laughs> I... Well, and so vacations can be so expensive too. Yeah, it's crazy. In, yeah, I, I, I'm going to prefix this where by saying John and I are in a little bit of a different situation because of you know a lot of work that we've done, but. For the most part, you know, being a contractor, you go on vacation, you don't get paid. And so it, right. it becomes super expensive. And I mean, terrifyingly expensive because you never know when you're going to be out of work. So, yeah, you might want to take a week off work. You might save up and be able to afford to take that week off work. But you don't realize that you, know, you come back a week or two later and your your client realizes, hey, you know what? We really don't need you that bad because you know, didn't seem like we missed you that much. So now you know what I've, I've you know what I've heard a lot of contractors are doing is workations. Where uh, yeah, they... well that that's if if you if you have if you have that ability to work remotely and stuff, yeah, that's yeah, that's actually pretty common. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what John pulled off with the the last. Uh, convention you guys went to when you went to php tech john brought his whole family along and sort of scheduled vacation around the conference and working and time with the family well uh, and, and again like i said john and i we're we're in, we're in a different realm because quite frankly we don't stop working i mean it just there's never a moment where we're n- we're not involved with doing something with the company, with a client, with some code. So even when we're on vacation, you know, John can be as disconnected as he could possibly think he is. He's he's still working. Like he, I, we're we're both, and that's not necessarily a good thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but our situation is completely different. We're we're not we're we're beyond trying to earn a living. We're you know trying to build a company so it's it's a little little different but exactly. but yeah you, you're right a lot a lot of contractors who go to conferences you see them between sessions at lunch on their laptop 
on the phone. playing games and they're checking uh, every not time. Checking the emails, they're their, working. Yeah. yeah. You you go to so, you go to the lunch rooms in those conferences, and half the people are on the phone with a laptop in front of them and a sandwich in their mouth, talking mm-hmm. about the project that they're they're working on. Yep. So Thomas, the next question is of that 120 hours, is that the max you can get? Have you lost hours because at the end of the year you have to That's give a great them up? Question. I mm-hmm. you know what? I'm 90 percent sure that I haven't because we have a great HR department and they would have emailed me and said, "Listen, dude, you're you're out of time. Use it or lose it." Right. Yeah. So, but now, right? I have a whole straight up month of vacation time. I'm not going to take a month off. So, so, so again, that particular company I was referring to, there was a uh, there was an administrator there who had like uh, it was probably about a month's worth of vacation time, and the way it, the way everything worked, or no, I'm sorry, it was probably yeah, yeah, it, it was probably a, a solid three weeks of of forty hour weeks, so it was probably three weeks. And the the way the you you accrued vacation, you basically got an additional day every week or, or three weeks or whatever. However, it worked out. He he said, "Okay, well, uh, I don't want to start losing vacation, so I'm going to take every Friday off now for the next six months." <laughs> See, and that's what I'm he, thinking. That's what I, that's not a bad call. That, I'm telling you, the guy was genius. And he, they, like, initially, his manager came back and said, "No way, you can't do that." And he looked up some obscure law that said, "Okay, you can limit my vacation, but you can't stop me from taking it if if it's going if by not taking it, it costs me vacation." So basically, they got like caught in this like. Uh, you know, catch twenty two. They couldn't stop him from taking vacation because he had maxed out his vacation. So they had to allow him to take vacation, but they didn't want him taking every Friday off. And then, you know, like initially it was like if he took every Friday off, it would have been like four months. But because he kept accruing vacation, <laughs> you know, he ended up like tacking on another two or three months. It was insane. And eventually they let him do it. Like there was some back and forth on it for about a week and a half. And then eventually they're like, okay, fuck it. You work four days a week now. <laughs> so well, here's my question. Could I swing it so I still worked five days a week, but I only worked five hours a day? Do you have to take your vacation why would, in why whole would you, days? Why would you want to do that? Five-hour day? Why would day? you want to do that? That, that still, depends why, on where you're working. If they break it down uh, to the hour, but most places don't, at least from my experience. I'm just trying to th- trying to think of what's the most inconvenient Maybe if I could just extend my lunch to a two-hour lunch every day. <laughs> As if you don't today. <laughs> what? No, why? What? Nah, I, what? I, I, I would what? totally, Editor's note. I would cut totally that part do out. Cut the... that part out. Cut that part out. It is at 53 <laughs> minutes. I would totally do the four-day four work week uh, and take that fifth day off, but I, I wouldn't cut my, like, cut my work day down to four or five hours. That's just... And still have to work five days a week. It's like, what if it was four or five arbitrary uh, first, hours? First thing, you <laughs> just I mean, think about when it. someone really, called you and said, "We need this fixed now." You're like, "Sorry, though, I'm on vacation." <laughs> what the hell would you get done in a day? You got like four hours to work. It's like what? What? What would you get done? I don't know. You an would ex- like an extra it would take nap? you forever to get anything done. <laughs> 
Thomas, insane. take a week off and do something fun with your wife. You know, you know who doesn't do something fun with my wife? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? What? My, the, my, my mic cut out there. As I said, oh, that sounds like a great idea. He, he's right. He, he was writing down another time to cut out of the podcast. <laughs> no, you know, fortunately he, for me, like, he was, neither... was groundhog and seeing if the wife was around. I was like, my wife. Uh. For, fortunately for me, neither my boss nor my wife listened to the podcast. Oh, man. All right. Okay, we're down to uh, four minutes. Do we want to try to burn through some topics? Well, I've got some yeah, love, fantastic doom and gloom. Talk. Well, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get to it quickly. It's good. I do want to talk about the Laravel Shift announcement. Do it. So Laravel Shift, everybody, we all we've talked about Laravel Shift in the past. We use it at Diego Dev. It's saved us a ton of money. Um, it's where you, it's a it's a software as a service. You you point it to a Laravel application, and when Laravel comes out with a new version, you you, you can pay to have it do the upgrade for you, basically. Which again, we talked about this a little bit when I did my Cake PHP presentation because Cake PHP actually has an upgrade script uh, that they include with their releases, and that was one of the things that gave JMac the inspiration to do it for Laravel, and he he had enough foresight to you know monetize it and, and make some money off it, which was great for him. But he uh, he released an interesting uh, newsletter today in which he says, hey, I'm not a fan of the whole philosophy of LTSs, uh, the, the long-term support. And we've talked about it a little bit on the show um, where there's like this gut instinct, especially when you work for a big company, especially when you're working in an enterprise environment, they like LTSs. They like stable releases that they know they're going to have a lot of support for. Yeah. The last Laravel... LTS was 5.1. The next Laravel LTS is going to be 5.5. Now, typically the way Laravel shift works is you have to pay for a shift from... So in this case, you'd have to pay for for a shift from 5.1 to 5.2, 5.2 to 5.3, 5.3 to 5.4, 5.4 to 5.5, if you wanted to get from 5.1 to 5.5. How does that go again? But because because he he understands (laughs) that some people feel like LTSs are important, he's going to have a migration path from 5.1 directly to 5.5. I thought that was very nice of him. Um, so that's that was a big announcement that he, he made. I am kind of curious, like, if you're, if you're at a 5.2 or 5.3, if he'll bump you up to 5.5 as well. Um, but, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised he doesn't already have it built to go from all versions to the most recent. I, it sounds right. it sounds like what he's got is an upgrade path for each one that outputs a log that has to be analyzed by a human to make sure that X got executed correctly. So what you're seeing is the analysis of an output of a, a log entry for each version where he's got a script. So it's it, there's 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 it's a two step process. There's the automated process, and then there's the human process. And because the human process is mandatory, then it has to be done for each step of the upgrade. So it's interesting well, that right you now, he doesn't even he doesn't even analyze it. He puts it on you by opening a pull mm-hmm. request back to your repo. Well, that's the safety. That's that's him saying, listen, nothing's guaranteed. No, I, don't, because... I don't think safety. I'm, I can almost I can almost guarantee you that. He, 
he's not doing any sort of human analysis to these upgrades. First thing, mm. he's got too many happening. No way, because so even even when I run my tests, yeah, well, I have to see that it outputs all I, green. I guarantee you, he's not doing any analysis, human analysis. I, I guarantee, unless unless the script breaks, and the, the one of the reasons why I know this is because you have to open up a ticket with him if, if things don't go well. So you know if if you don't get the the PR back to to you, so I, he's not doing any sort of human analysis. And as, as a matter of fact, the other thing he announced in this newsletter was a special human service, which Shifty he's coders. offering for a limited time. For a limited time, he will. Now this sounds like it's a, it's a manual process. Upgrade your four point X Laravel app to uh, a five one. Laravel to get everybody off of Laravel 4.1 or 4 4 4.x. I like his pricing um, schema here too. Unsure about your code $60, need help upgrading $100, don't have time to upgrade $300, still running Laravel 4.2 dollars $123. <laughs> $123 exactly. Not bad. Limited time off. 123 bad. I mean, really, that's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. What, it, what, that's yeah. if it's less than a day of my time, yeah. then it's a good deal because anything I do mm-hmm. is going to take a day, and then a day testing, and then a day in project management or QA testing. So it's like, mm-hmm. it, for me, I, my upgrade from five two to five three is still in a pull request mm-hmm. because. It's got so much oversight required for it. There's no way I'm going to do five three to five four or five four to five five like that. I'm absolutely going to say send it to shift and I'll review the results. Mm-hmm. Why would you know? Why'd you do it manually to begin with? Because it took me weeks. I'm, I'm not a contractor. That's why you chose to? <laughs> no, because because I it didn't occur to me Let's... to propose spending money. On someone not me as the developer. I mean, I, I know that sounds either arrogant or or naive, but it just didn't occur to me. Even though we've talked about Laravel Shift repeatedly in the past, I'm not a contractor, so my time. But that's even more reason to use it. Right, contractor. I I want to work as many hours as I can <laughs> to make that money. Where right. your salary is like, eh, I can work on something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, when you're a contractor, though, you get to make that decision. For me, if I said send it over to Laravel Shift, it has to get approved from somebody above my boss, even if it's two hundred dollars for, for, for that ten. For that, it was ten bucks, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's it. It's a, it's like the 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 point the dot point releases are are like yeah. ten fifteen bucks. Like I said, didn't even yeah. occur yeah. to me. Well, that was that was that was the issue. All right. Well, listen, we're getting pretty late in the show here. Uh, I think if you want to get to some doom and gloom, we're going to have to jump to it, buddy. First, okay, my first my first article here for doom and gloom. For, wait, wait, excuse me? First? First article? My first article. So, we, we, we are tech-savvy people. We uh, can smell bullshit when it comes to tech stuff in the media mm-hmm. from pretty far away. Um. TechRadar is one of the sites I follow for my news and stuff, and they they issued a, a post a couple days ago saying 
Cisco claims it can find malware in encrypted data. <laughs> my nose, right. I, I, my nose looked like looked like my cat's when I open a can of tuna. I started smelling nose first towards everything immediately. Uh, if you know, if you know anything, New DNA center. If you know anything about encryption, the encrypted result has to resemble static. It has to be purely random. It cannot resemble anything ever, or else your encryption is fundamentally flawed. Mm-hmm. That's that's the basis of encryption, is that it is just garbage until it's decrypted. And it's it's garbage in a mathematical way. It's literally garbage. It means nothing. And it it is indistinguishable from random noise in the atmosphere. So reading through the entire article, you get down at the end where they say it analyzes metadata in traffic to identify threat vectors, which is not malware in encrypted data. No, no. It, it is data from an untrusted source. They're analyzing domains, basically, right? I, you know, they're analyzing a lot of stuff, like how frequently something is coming from an IP, how valid an IP address is, is the IP address in okay, North okay. Korea or Russia when you're not usually on a North Korean website. It, ah, I see what you're saying. Is, is the data coming in at a higher rate than, than usual? <laughs> is, you know, th- so, so they're looking at traffic, not data. Right. More, more than likely. Yeah. So... Uh, I'm just I'm amazed that an article like this could get written in a, in a, on a tech site in this day and age where someone says they can find malware. It is. It's completely fake news, which bugs the crap out of me because we there is somebody now who constantly says fake news and he's an asshole and an idiot and to have <laughs> we'll talk to, about Eric that way. To have him He's he's, he's right here. <laughs> to have it somewhat validated that yes, these media sources are falling for the clickbait stuff even the tech media sources are falling for clickbait headlines makes them assholes too well and and you know somebody's going to pay the $25,000 for this you know 9500 series uh hardware that they release and thinking oh yeah we're we're good we're safe all Uh, right what else you got there's uber Oh, is Uber a doom and gloom? Yeah. I thought you had another doom and gloom. Well, just Uber's Uber? Uber's a bunch of jerks. I didn't read the article. Well, was this the, about the, them adding tipping? Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that. They're trying to cover up for the fact that everyone in the company is racist and there's no one racist and sexist and that there's no one at the top anymore. Everyone's been fired. Well, uh, and so the tipping. C- that includes the CEO has stepped down, but yeah, yeah. U- Uber's also. And I, uh, I was asking. Apparently, you're still not supposed to be using Uber. My kids refuse. No, to use no, Uber. absolutely so not. We we were in a situation where um, you know we have two vehicles. There's four adults now living in the house. My my two daughters are uh, well over. You know they're out of high school and 
So we run into situations where occasionally somebody's stranded. You know, we don't have enough vehicles for the amount of people who have to get places. So I, and with us going to New York, we needed to make sure, you know, that that one's going to be a situation either. So I, I, um, I, we had a situation where my one daughter was somewhere and she needed a ride and nobody could get to her. I'm like, okay, listen, you know, just use, use the Uber app and, and get home. And she's no, I'm not using Uber dad. You know, you're not supposed to use Uber. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm like, use Lyft then. And I went and I got her, uh, it, it, it was a little bit of pain. It wasn't too bad, but I had to go get her a gift certificate to Lyft and then send it to her email. And she was able to buy it. But because of where we live, we don't live like in the heart of San Diego. So I, I go through this whole, you know, dog and pony show to get her a lift. And she pulls up lift and there's no lift drivers in her area. And so now she has a gift certificate sitting in her lift account that she can't use. And we have Uber. We have a lot of Uber in our area. I'm like, listen, I'm seeing Uber. Go Uber. I, I don't care about your morals. Get it. Go on Uber. <laughs> So I log into Uber, and the the way we had previously had to do it is I just let everybody use my Uber account. But I log I logged into Uber for this scenario, and it turns out Uber has this whole family plan where you can put other members of your family onto your account and manage it, and and you know what credit card you want to use to pay for their ride. So, which is perfect. It's like I don't want my wife or kids thinking about how they're going to pay for their Uber. I just want them to call a car. I don't care if it's Uber or Lyft. I want them to be able to call a car, get in that car and come home or get or get to wherever they want. I'll manage the account. And there was no way of doing that in Lyft. And of course, Uber has all these great features, but you're not supposed to use Uber anymore. So it was like, oh, this is driving me nuts. Yeah, yeah I can I imagine that, that story, I can so. imagine that your daughters would be upset about the massive sexual harassment lawsuits that Uber. Hey, John. If you do use Uber, you can now tip your driver. Apparently, I—that's the whole point of not or of using Uber is not having a tip. Yeah, right. It's like that was it was supposed to be all, and that—that's one of the reasons why I didn't use Lyft because Lyft encouraged tipping, and it's like, well, uh, you know, I kind of don't want to have. Here's to a tip: work for job. Uber. <laughs> so the Uber CEO was asked to leave, and in, in not so nice of a fashion. And he was not so willing to accommodate, but eventually did bend. And, and that has to be weird, right? Because, I mean, he's the CEO of the company. It is literally his company. It was his idea. He built it from the ground up. I mean, that would be like, you know, us, you know, I mean, on a smaller scale, us asking John to step down. You know, it's literally his company. But I you imagine... Know, he has ownership to the company. I imagine as an asshole, a lot of what would be considered normal things seem really weird to you. I have the feeling that he's calling me an asshole. That's why this seems no. weird. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that it's it's weird that he's being forced out of his own company, but he is an asshole. So he probably experiences a lot of weird things on a regular basis. I guess. I mean, and, and you know, to say it's his, it's to say it's still his company is kind of a weird thing because I mean, it's a publicly traded company now. He has a board he has to answer to, so it's not truly his company. It's the company he built. But yeah, and he's yeah. also a billionaire, so boohoo. Exactly. Yeah, it's like you know, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's what it boils down to. He's not hurting. No, he's don't, not yeah. hurting. Don't mind me while I lobby to take care of 
take away Medicare from everybody. <laughs> so, all right, last one. Last one. This is this is delicious. This is a PSA for all of our listeners out there. Um, PSA. Because the, initially, I looked at this and thought, "Oh, look, it's another sensationalist headline." Uh, how hackers can steal your 2FA email account by getting you to sign up for another website. Hmm. And All right, 2FA. Explain what 2FA is. Two-factor authentication. So uh, communication Perfect. via your cell phone or via a an encrypted key on your keychain. Uh, any number of two-factor. They can get around anything with this technique. And it is a combination of social engineering and scripting and it's very smart and i'm surprised it took this long for it to get a good write-up but it is a man in the middle attack so the idea here is is first off a multi-page registration form this does not work at least not well with a registration form for a website where you've got one page that has all of your inputs. Mm -hmm. So what they do first is they ask you for your email address to sign up for X, whatever it be, uh, free bitcoins, whatever. Then as soon as you enter in your email address, they pull up a list of the security procedures for that email provider. Let's say you're a Gmail user. So Gmail has two-factor authentication. The very first thing they do is they know when you're on a Gmail account and you click lost my password, what questions Gmail asks you, right? So on a, on a non-two-factor system, it says, what is your mother's maiden name or your first pet or whatever? It logs into Gmail, clicks the lost password link, and then it echoes the question back at you as your security for the new website you're signing up at. Mm. So it says, so, you know, so if Google you know asks, John, John has a method for this, right? He, he has, is one I have adopted. Did we, we've shared this with you before. It, 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 no, it doesn't matter what, what's, what's happening is different. You go to this attacker's website and they say, what's your, what's your email address? You tell mm -hmm. them, John at DiegoDev.com. They mm -hmm. go to Gmail or whatever the service is and say, hey, I lost my password. I'm John at Gmail or John at DiegoDev.com. The service says, what is your mother's maiden name? Or what mm -hmm. is your street address? Mm -hmm. And then they ask you, what is your street address? Oh, I guess it does work. Never mind. Right. It, it, does, work it does work because you, Cause, you cause you're registering for another thing. Right. right. So if you're using right. a password manager, then you can fill in your street address, your quote unquote street address with a random uh, value. Yeah. But if you're not using a password right manager, you can't do that. And that's going to get 99% of the people. Now, the other, yeah. the other thing is if you've got two-factor authentication, they will click on the two-factor authentication for you on Gmail which will send you a text with a password, a passcode in it for good for two minutes, let's say. Then they'll ask you, hey, we just sent you a text to verify your phone number. What's the code that we sent you? You type the code in, and now they have access to your account. Two-factor authentication actually makes it easier with this technique. Yeah. So unless you, unless you realize that whatever you, text you got from that wasn't from them, it was from... 
Google in this yeah, case. I mean, I, I mean it's, it's depending on a lot of factors, right? It's depending on the, you, you know, this malicious site that, that you sign up for whatever service or whatever form. I mean, I, I don't people know. Are, people are stupid. And I love... They really I, are. Yeah. I actually like Thomas's suggestion. Yeah, free Bitcoin. Hey, we free Bitcoin. You know, we want to get you... We want you to learn about Bitcoin. We'll give you, you know, half of Bitcoin for free. Just sign up here. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine... It's very interesting. Imagine that this is being what's targeted that, what's that towards URL, teenagers. What's that URL? Because I, I, I like Bitcoin. I, I want some Bitcoin. Is that... What? Oh, that was a test, wasn't it? www.checkyourcreditsecurity.com <laughs> So this it's an it's an, a creative technique. It's surprisingly effective if you can get the person to go through the process of registering for a website. If if you're on a website and they have a multi-page registration system or if data is being changed on the page as you enter in your email address, that's bad. I would not trust a site that asked me to enter my email before it asked me to enter the rest of my security questions. And if they're asking you, if they're asking you, what street did you grow up on? Instead of saying, here's a list of questions, pick one of them and answer it. That's a problem. That's a big no, no. Mm -hmm. Um, But companies like Google are going to have to address this. They're going to have to start sending texts Instead of just saying, this is your Google PIN, they're going to have to say, this is your Google PIN. Do not use it to sign up for other services. If you've received this email while signing, or if you've received this text while signing up for a service, then immediately disregard it and cancel your service, whatever. Um, you know, but with with good design on a, on a sign-up form, you could trick a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, right? It's like there's billions of people out there. You only need to trick 1% of them, and you have probably millions of dollars. You know? Yeah. It's it's crazy. But I got a question for you, Tom. So, I mean, John and I have talked about this a little bit in the past. What What is your thought on these services like uh, like um, LifeLock? Do you think that they're that they add value, or they, do you think they add any level of protection, or not really? LifeLock is um, really funny because the the person, the CEO of LifeLock is the person in America <laughs> who's had his identity stolen the most in all of America. Well, he literally put his he literally put his social security number on billboards saying, yeah, yeah still my identity. People are like, sure. <laughs> and that's the thing, is that someone who runs a security company said I trust our service so much that I'll put my social security number on it. And for a lot of people that made sense. And for a lot of tech people that was like, you don't run a security company then do you? Because if you ran a security company, you would say, I'm going to do this. And then someone would step in and say, no, no, don't. (laughs) That is a bad idea. There should have been in those ads. There should have been a guy dressed up in a lifelock uniform with a big sign that says stop and he should just walk up to the CEO and say no. And then the CEO could point to the screen and say, see, this is how we help you. I almost made a really, really stupid mistake 10 times. Bad CEO, bad. Um, they do work. I don't know if they do quality work. Uh, I think a lot of the stuff they do is on the litigation side. So if you do get your identity stolen, then they can take a case and work it for you. 
which <clears throat> would have been great if I had that with Chase, which I did finally get almost resolved. They gave me my money back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it, and it's, it's you know, I, I don't know. I don't remember if we talked about it or not, but I did see a news article recently of like these, not, not LifeLock, not implying that LifeLock does this, but these services now that you can pay to have your identity protected, which is basically like um, it, 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 the, the what the news reporters were, were kind of uncovering is like if you own a house, you already have this. Yeah, you know, there's there's like these uh, these services that that you know you have these basic protection services, but people are, are kind of doing this this fear mongering. And saying, "Oh yeah, you know everybody's getting hacked. You have to, you have to pay us to protect you." And it's like, uh, but you're not protecting us. Matter of fact, you're probably taking, the, you're taking my information. You're going to get hacked, and then you know they'll have my information from you. I'm just waiting to find out that one of these companies is selling their users' information, or that. I think for the most part, for the most part, all they're doing is credit monitoring, which you can do yourself through so many of your credit cards, and mm-hmm. if you just do yourself, take a moment. Of, I don't have. I don't know how much I make or when I get paid. <laughs> Do you know when you open new credit card accounts, or when you try to buy new houses? No. Well, then you can't monitor your credit. No, my wife monitors my credit. <laughs> I'm trying to get a. I'm trying to get a Colorado driver's license. They want two. Uh, which you're. They want two forms of proof of residency, which is a a bill sent to your house in your name mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. start digging and i find all of our bills everything's in my wife's name my name is not on a single piece of paper <laughs> maybe you don't actually exist thomas have you ever stopped to think about that well you don't need two two pieces of uh two bills in your name if they're in her name and you've got proof that you're married right. she's got that too <laughs> she's for some reason she's really resistant to giving it up so we're married right honey she goes yeah, yeah it's in some file somewhere sure yeah yeah, yeah no. pretty sure kids and i are gonna go on a vacation yeah. to california uh just keep the keep the house yeah. running mom god i mean i couldn't legally have take your paycheck from you if we weren't married right i mean that would be crazy well technically so we i'm giving it to her Anyways, my marriage is going... Legally, you were probably supposed to get your driver's license. My marriage is going really well. Ago. Everything's perfect. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. <laughs> Let's hope she doesn't start listening to podcasts. Alright guys, doom and gloom is over. Can we can we stop doing this now? <laughs> I, don't, I don't want my marriage as part of the doom and gloom segment. <laughs> Dude, this... This... Uh, this... This whole show has run way too long. You're gonna have some fun trying to edit this one down. Oh, I don't. You I can't cut I, out my intro. I barely edit anymore. I just listen to it while I'm watching YouTube videos, and then hit compress and send it out to you. <laughs> and that's why that's I get to over compress, and he has to redo it. It only happened once. <laughs> How are we an hour and twenty three minutes into this? Yeah, we've been running long. This, this show's running pretty long. Google Maps and, and again, Mars. This is why we do not broadcast live. Google Maps Mars. I thought we were wrapping up. What are you doing? That's we're a real done. thing. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> Google Mapped Mars. You're killing me. Look, Google Mapped Mars. It's pretty cool. Let's move it over to show yeah. notes. <laughs> just, let's just get rid of that so it doesn't show up next week. <laughs> oh, man. All right.
That's this it, has been gentlemen. Fun. I'm glad I made it. Show is over. <laughs> it was. I'm I glad, am, glad you made it too. I am happy your wife stopped vomiting. <laughs> me, or at least she's too. vomiting Hope. a lot more quieter now. Yeah. Keeping Hopefully. it down. <laughs> Hopefully she fell asleep. <laughs> All right, Thomas, John, this has been another Eric. great episode of PHP Ugly. Episode 66. Man, we are just plugging along. 66. PHP Ugly Live. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Congdon. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it Keep ugly. It ugly. Keep it ugly. <laughs> you guys are so Nailed it! Nailed it! Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.